Welcome to the Decide Your Legacy podcast, helping individuals and businesses unleash their potential. Join us every episode as host Adam Gregg discusses what is holding us back and how to find hope for moving forward. Along the way, we discuss developing healthy relationships and navigating life transitions while overcoming fear, stress, and anxiety. Live the life you want, the legacy you decide. Welcome to today's episode of the Decide Your Legacy podcast. If you have found this podcast helpful at any point, pull out your phones, give it a rating and review wherever you get your podcast content. It helps it grow organically and reach and help more people. Today, I have a great topic for you. It's on how travel can improve your mental health, how travel can actually transform your life. And it's a follow-up episode to one I've done in the past on travel before. So I'm really excited. And I have a couple special guests that I'm going to introduce you in just a second here, but I want to share, first share a couple risks that I've taken recently. So one, and I tell, I share these with you because I believe that there's not much more damaging to your mental health than playing it safe and not much more that can improve your mental health quickly than getting out there, taking risks, doing new things, going against your emotions and trying something, exercising some different types of it, doing different types of things. So a couple of risks that I've taken recently is I played at a men's in a men's golf club and I wanted to avoid this. I woke up thinking I do not want to do this. And so I left really quickly. I even left my phone, believe it or not, but I went and played and had a good time. It was really fast play, much better golfers than myself. I didn't play very well at all, but I just said, I'm going to be around some people that are better than me. And I had a good time. So I did it and I've been avoiding that for probably two years. Another risk that I took is that I, well, like I said, I went to play and I didn't have my phone. And so I didn't have the $50 cash to actually play with this men's club. And so I asked him for a rain check if I could pay next time, whatever. I was embarrassed about it to borrow somebody's phone on the golf course to call my daughter. And it was interesting, but I had a great time. One guy rolled his eyes at me, but who cares? You know, and so I'm Adam Gregg. I'm a legacy coach. I am a speaker, mental health professional for nearly 25 years. My life purpose is helping people find transformational clarity that propels them forward to face their biggest fears so they can live and leave their desired legacy. I talk about stuff that you can describe to your six-year-old and they're going to understand these concepts. And the reason I do that, I think that's important is because I once heard Brian Tracy say, if you can't describe a goal, one of your goals to a six-year-old, it's not clear enough. It should be that clear and basic so that someone else can understand it so that you can understand it, it takes out the ambiguity. I also challenge you to listen as not just a student, but as a teacher. Think about something you learned today, some insight you gained that you can teach to somebody else the next 24 hours. And I want to challenge you as well. This is the podcast that you do, not just listen to. So write down right now a place that you have wanted to travel. Maybe you've always wanted to travel there, Egypt, New Zealand. Just write down the name of that place. It could even be in your own country. Write that down. Is it Spain, Italy, wherever? And I want you to think about, and right after that, write down or speak into your phone, what are some of your biggest fears about traveling to that specific place? So is it the cost? Is it money? Is it the language? Is it safety? You know, what are these fears that you might have? Is it the food? Is it the travel itself, getting in a plane crash, whatever it may be? So write those two things down. And as we go through this content, you're going to actually start answering some of your own questions. Because I believe when we answer our own questions, we're much more apt to follow through with our own advice. Because we start believing, okay, I can do that. 
I just came up with an answer there. I can do that. I can actually move forward with my life. And so I have two special guests here. And so one I've had on the show before, her name is Erica Gregg. She's actually my sister and she's here on my right, or is it my Hi. left? I'm not sure. So Erica and Erica has traveled to over 85 different countries. She has led wellness retreats in nearly 40 and she owns two businesses. One is called Escape to Shape and the other is called Escape Artist Travel. I'll give her a chance to share. I'm going to ask her questions as we talk today. She's been for the last three years, I believe, rated by Condé Nast Magazine as one of the top travel experts in the world. So she's very experienced, has a lot of great content, and I think she's really going to help on this topic of mental health related to travel and improving your mental health with travel. And so the other one is obviously someone very special to me and very special to the world. Her name is Emerson Gregg, and she is my 16-year-old daughter. She's never been on the podcast before. And for a 16-year-old, I would say she would qualify as a top travel expert. She's been to Europe with me twice. She's been all over the United States, Hawaii a couple times. I would guess she's probably been to 15, 20 different states, many national parks, but she's learned to travel and travels really well. And so I should have my dog on the show as well, because he, he has learned to travel, Max, as well. So once my, Emerson and I, for about two weeks, we rented an RV, went all over Utah and Colorado national parks, had a great time. But learning how to pack light is something that's been a challenge for me. She's going to have to do that next summer because she's going with her school to Ireland, Scotland, and Great Britain and can only take a carry-on piece of luggage. So, hey, yeah. I, I admire that's that. That's my fear. <laughs> <laughs> that's your fear, even though you travel so much. So, okay, so I'm going to be asking them some questions. We are actually, one last thing, we are doing this podcast from Italy. We're actually in Venice right now at the Cena Centurion Hotel. We are on the water. So from the train station to the hotel, we took a water taxi. And I'm gonna link in the show notes to some pictures from our trip. If you wanna see where we're staying and then kind of see some pictures of us enjoying. Venice is an amazing place. We were in Rome, Florence, and after Venice, we're gonna be going to hopefully Verona and then to Milan. And then fly back to the US. Okay, so let me start with a question for Erica. So Erica, what are what are, what are some of the cool places you've been in the highlights over the last year? Ooh, actually, I've now visited nine over 90 countries, actually, since the last time I was on this podcast. And in this past year, I was just in Egypt, which was incredibly fascinating. Definitely a bucket list destination for many and for good reason. The culture's incredibly different than our own back at home. But the antiquities and the, the history is just incredibly rich. And it goes far beyond just the pyramids of Giza. Like the deeper you go into Egypt, the more there is to see. So I would probably say that's the most exotic place I've been to. I've also been to Morocco this year. I spent three weeks in Marrakesh, one of my favorite cities in the world. Very exotic as well. I've been to Turkey. I've been to Greece. I love Greece. Been to Italy, obviously. And I think that might cover it for this year. This year was a light travel year for me. With just those countries. Okay. What do you have? Oh, I'm what? sorry. I was in Tanzania. Sorry. Yeah, I was in Tanzania. Tanzania as well. That's incredible. Safari. Is uh, what do you have planned over the next year? I have Bhutan. I have Rwanda to trek with the gorillas, the endangered gorillas, which is incredible. Botswana on safari. Greece. I'm going to be spending some more time in Paros and Antiparos and also discovering a few new islands as well. So maybe I'll share those in the next podcast. You're going to uh, discover them for the first time. Yes, I'm going to go to them for the first time. Going back to Turkey. 
So they're going to um, name them after you, like the Island of Erica? Yes, exactly. Like is that I am Christopher Columbus. Amerigo Vespucci. Yeah, so those are probably my top. I'm sure there'll be some other ones in there, but those are the ones that, e- going back to Egypt, going back to Morocco, just discovered else? a new region of Italy that I had not been to called the Dolomites, which I've been sending a lot of clients ah. to, but mm-hmm. finally was able to experience it for myself and truly magnificent. So, the Dolomites. Yes. The Dolomites in English. Exactly. I, the longer I'm in Italy, the more my accent becomes Italian. Yeah. It was like for a whole day, it was like I spoke in Italian. Right. Or I tried. I spoke kind of. It wasn't good, though. You were (laughs) you told me to stop being annoying. That's what you said. Okay, so so Emerson, what are some of the cool places that if you on this trip, let's say Mm -hmm. some of your favorite places you visited just on this trip, just on this trip, or you can say last summer as well. Okay, so just like in general, in general. Okay, I think my favorite place that I've been like in my whole life because I've traveled quite a bit of places, but. I really like just the first time I stepped into Venice, I was like, oh, I love Venice so much. Like, it's just a dream. Just like there's so much history in Italy as a whole. So I think you just like see a lot and you learn a lot. And I really liked Stonehenge when we went to Stonehenge oh, right. in England. I loved Paris. I thought Paris was beautiful, busy, but really beautiful and definitely mm-hmm. worth going to. Oh, yeah. And I mean, London's beautiful busy i mean because we were there on the queen's jubilee so it was like extra extra busy it was so it was i don't know i really love hawaii too hawaii 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 has a special place in my heart yeah let me ask you this so what are some tips on overcoming jet lag i feel like jet lag is a fear that people have so what are your favorite tips there well i have two (laughs) tips on that my first one would be if you can schedule your flight so that you arrive as late in the day as possible to the destination that you are arriving to. That significantly helps because you land, have something to eat and go to bed. You don't have to force yourself to stay up because tip number two would be, which with a lot of the US to Europe flights, they do arrive in the morning. Tip number two would be if your flight arrives in the morning, Try to, I would, if you can afford to do it, book that extra night so that you can land, go straight to your hotel, power nap for four hours, no more than four hours and get up and then try to stay up until at least like nine or 10 that night so that you reset yourself, but you're not just dragging and like a zombie as well. So those would be my two tips. Drink lots of water, try to get out and walk. If you do have a day Mm -hmm. ahead of you to like walk for a bit, but yes, those would be my Exercise always helps, you know, getting yeah. the body. Get some exercise moving. right yeah. away. Yeah. If you can, so. I mean, if, or go to okay. bed, one or the other. So what are your yeah. tips on packing light? I don't have any. I was hoping <laughs> that Emerson could teach me. <laughs> what are your tips on packing light? Um, I don't have any tips on packing light, but I do have tips on jet lag. Okay. okay. For me personally, just like not sleeping, like works good for me because then I'm really, really tired by the time I go to bed. So I'll just like sleep really good that night and then I'll wake up and then I'll be more refreshed. So it's like I didn't screw up my sleep schedule Mm -hmm. because for me I'm like I need my sleep I'm someone who goes to bed gets up like I just like I'm not a late night person really and so I think just kind of like eating something Mm -hmm. one really helps me like getting water into my system getting some like protein because then I'll just have like energy like just getting energy so that I can Mm -hmm. go do stuff and then just do stuff go see stuff I think on our first day we went to a cafe and then I think we walked around a little bit we did. In Rome. And that really helped. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah started off well. Get you so. excited too. So, you know, people, they often will plan travel because they have some kind of transformation that they want to 
make in their life. So they want to get some space from things in their life because a lot of times we get so consumed with the busyness of life and our problems and mm-hmm. our worries and the things that can go wrong that we miss the opportunity. Yet I see people see that they have an opportunity, so they want to go to Egypt. And how can somebody make the most of having that breakthrough on their trip, whether it's like a spiritual breakthrough, whether it's some clarity in their life, whether they want to make a change in their life. So how do they get to that place where they are most likely to have that breakthrough? It helps to just allow yourself to be completely present to the experience of where you are. So if you can allow yourself to really disconnect from the life back at home that you have and that's waiting for you and it will still be there when you get back home and really be present to the gifts of this travel experience, which doesn't mean that it will always go smoothly because flights get canceled or, you know, things happen along the way or it rains on your parade sometimes or whatever it is. But if you can be very present to the actual experience of this trip that you're on in this moment and this day and the gifts of that day, I do believe that there are huge transformations that can take place. I've also noticed on our Escape to Shape Adventures and Wellness that another ingredient that really helps people to disconnect from their life back at home and to have transformation is when all the details are taken care of for you, which isn't necessarily possible for everybody. But I noticed like when you're on our trips, we tell you what you're going to eat and we, you know, curate every day. And just like as a travel advisor, some of my clients allow me to really curate every single day for them. So the less decisions you have to make, the less room to, you know, I, you know, the less decisions you have to make in all honesty, because you make them all the time at home, all the time, you allow more room for yourself to get to reacquaint with your own self, which also part of that is I truly believe you should leave some room for spontaneity. Like I noticed you guys have had a schedule, a pretty, you know, you've had a lot of things you've been doing in tours, but I've noticed every single location, you've also had a day where you just don't have any plans and you see where the day will take you. And And during the day, I've taken naps almost every day. Which is so great. I mean, when do you get to take naps at home? You know what I mean? Like, I, not, not, not enough. Not like so, yeah. yeah. No. So being spontaneous, you know, allowing yourself to be really present, listening to your body. Like, I'm tired. I'm going to sleep. Oh, wait. What? Maybe part of you is saying, no, don't go to sleep. You can go and explore. But no, you're being present that you're tired and yeah. you really need to take a break. So I think transformations can come when you have those ingredients. I agree with everything you say, but I also think that something that's really important is journaling. And I just think of this now because it's like a really like hands-on tip that you can do. Mm-hmm. Just journal what you did that day and let go of everything that you've been worrying. So let's say that you just lost your job at home and you're like going on this trip, you know, things are stressful. So just let all that go and don't really dwell in that because the more you dwell in it, the worse it gets. So just let it go and then go forward and then just be present in what you're doing. And a lot of times for me, it helps me to be present if I journal what I'm Agreed. doing. Agreed. Yeah. Because yeah. then I have this very clear and consistent idea of what is going on in my life yeah. and what I want. And, you know, you can set goals for what you want to do during the trip. And you can, like, honestly, just completely disconnecting from your phone and, like, from things back in your life is, like, really good. And, Absolutely. like, it puts you in the moment that you're in instead of <laughs> what's going on at yeah. home. Those are really good tips. Yeah, I noticed my my screen time was down sixty seven percent over the last. But these week. are oh, things we should hey. probably try to take home with us too. <laughs> oh, exactly. Oh, I, I need to too. No, me that. too. Like less screen time, I know. more present, and journaling. So that Absolutely. you can kind of like stream of consciousness. I need to listen to my own tips. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> the thing is we if we don't take our own advice. So in this podcast, actually, there's going to be a link to a hundred great journaling prompts. 
and it's going to walk you through some tips on journaling. I think that is excellent stuff for people. And I will tell you too, I decided because of the screen time thing, because I, I noticed myself being off my phone more, not as much as I'd like to, but I've made it a widget on my home screen that shows me exactly like oh, when I look at my smart. phone, how much screen time I've been having. And I think that's going to help me as I go back. Yeah. And so I should do that. And one yeah. thing that people people do, because you mentioned being present, you mentioned Emerson having some goals set, mm -hmm. you know, some things that you want to accomplish on this trip. So I have some business things I want to accomplish and make time for and everything. But I find that if I focus on the vision and the outcome more than the problem in the moment. So I, I focus more on like letting go of the emotions that I have and that I might feel. And then I focus on, well, what's the outcome? You know, the outcomes, I'm going to have great memories with my daughter and my sister and my brother-in-law, and I'm going to have great food. And the outcome is going to be pictures. And I know I annoy my family when I stop to take pictures of everything, but there's something to that yeah, for me because I'll nice. reflect it's on good. those things. We have them yeah. for it's good I have them, yes. I mean, yeah. it's annoying and I get lost and I'm kind of <laughs> a half mile back sometimes, but it's okay. So, but I do want to ask Erica just briefly, will you talk to the audience about Escape to Shape and then Escape Artist Travel and kind of the difference between those two businesses? Sure, sure, sure. So Escape to Shape, we started about 13 or 14 years ago at this point, and it's called Escape to Shape Adventures in Wellness. And it is exactly that. It is small group adventures in wellness. And wellness is more than just exercise and fitness and yoga. It is absolutely that, but it's also about eating healthy. It's about meditation. We do journaling on some of the trips. It's about reconnecting to yourself. It's about connecting to others in a meaningful way. It's about getting enough sleep and rest and you know spa treatments. It's really nourishing yourself from the inside out. And we curate those in all the experiences from the moment that you arrive to the airport, we pick you up and the adventure and wellness begins. So it is a really rewarding program to run because we see some incredible friendships that are born, that are blossoming out of this, of this. And we also see people making huge decisions in their life, career changes or discovering new passions or, you know, realizing that it's time to let go of things that are not serving them anymore. And of course, we all get to explore and have fun, experience a new culture. And then escape artists travel, luxury travel advisors. So we plan private travel for, you know, fathers and daughters and mothers and sons and families and multi-gen and couples and honeymoons and solo travel and small groups and friends. And it's any, it can be anything, anywhere, anytime. And we work within, we try to work within the budget of our clients. I will say the travel has gotten more and more expensive over the past couple of years as the demands increased. So sometimes we have to be the bearer of bad news that people's budget does not align with where they're going, but we always try to be very honest and upfront and do the very best that we can with the resources that they have. I want to plan a trip with my high school buddies somewhere mm -hmm. in the world. I want to plan a trip with my college buddies somewhere in the world. And then Together, I'll plan a trip with my American, my, my adult buddies. Yeah, I mean, I maybe three trips, maybe okay. one is with my, my, my buddies in Wichita as well. So, but how, how would I go about, like, let's say I have like seven guys and we want to go somewhere you know, how would you walk us through planning a trip like that? I would probably hop on a call with at least a few of you who want to make that help make the decision or narrow down the destinations and talk about how much time you have, how many people, how many rooms you're looking for. Is there a length of stay that you are? Is there a distance you're willing to travel? What are the interests here? Are you looking for golf? Are you looking to hike? Are you looking to just relax on a beach? Are you looking to explore a new culture? So I would start there so that we could narrow down a couple of destinations. And then I would work on fleshing out itineraries to show you what that might look like, to give you a sample of what a four-day weekend or a week-long week trip would look like in this place. And then we would 
would, you know, refine it and fine tune it from there until we get it to the point where you're all happy with it. Very good. And, you know, the thought that just came to me too is, is, is people that maybe don't have the resources to hire an an expert like you are, are you also saying that they're going to relieve and they're going to have more chances to have a breakthrough when they do more planning in advance so that someone is picking them up so they know where they're staying? Yeah. I personally think if you don't have to think about those things, especially if you're a nervous traveler, if you're a nervous traveler, just to not have to worry about who's picking you up from the train station or, you know, do I have a hotel, you know, just to, to at least have some key things set that will help to eliminate that stress. But I do strongly believe that there is a lot to be said for someone. And I do this for a lot of clients too. They know they want to go to, let's say, Hawaii. And so I book them a ticket to Hawaii or the hotel to Hawaii or both, but the rest, they just want to have no plan at all. And there is a beauty in having no plan too. Yeah. Because I wouldn't say that that goes for every trip. It's your daughter's first time, both of your first time to Italy. Like you want to have a bit of a plan. Second time. Second time. That's true. I forgot about that. Yeah. So it's, but it's your first time together. And it's like, you want to have a bit of a plan. You don't want to just, but now whenever I traveled Italy, I don't have a plan because I've been here so many times. So I didn't even know I was going to the Dolomite until five days before I ended up in the Dolomites. So you can, so there's a beauty to both. And I think that the more you travel, the less plan, you, the less you need to fill in the space in between, but it's always good to know where you're going to stay, how you're going to get there. And in certain locations right now, I have to say, even for my most savvy traveling clients that are coming to Italy this summer, you need to have a plan. Like you can't get into the Coliseum in the month of June anymore. There are no <sighs> tickets. And I'm not yeah. just talking about skip the line tickets. There are no tickets. Yeah. There's no tickets to Academia to see the David in Florence left for the month of June. Like you have to have a plan. If you're going to come during the busiest time of year to some of these countries that are in such demand and you want to eat at good restaurants, we need to have a reservation. You know, there's just, it's just the reality of travel right now because the demand is so high or don't go to the places that are so in demand. You know, go go someplace off the beaten path. For example, I have clients this summer that are going to Argentina in August. That is not high season for Argentina. They're getting great rates. They're not going to have to fight the crowds. They're okay with the fact that it's going to be cold, you know, a bit colder than normal. And they're going to have a great trip. And that's the crazy thing is, I mean, one of the things I've learned in life is that when everybody is doing something, (laughs) it's very often the best thing to do is, is to do the opposite. Of yeah, what everyone yeah. else is doing, you know. I you, agree. You think yeah, about, you know, school, you, high school well, is the exact same uh, way. Well, well you know, yeah, you, right? you, you yeah. think about everybody is on their phone, and I mean, we're finding, finally, finding out how much damage, and we're getting some of the data from the psychological studies, the neurologists, the brain studies, and everything about how much damage this is actually doing. Everybody's doing it, and I think in ten years, you know, it's going to be like, you know, okay, if you let your kids on their phone for more than two hours, and you potentially are abusive. You know I mean? It's like we, you know, what everyone else is doing, even today we were in Venice and it was like, everybody was in this one certain part of Venice and that's the most expensive parts of Venice. And we knew because of Francesco, there was another, and because of Erica, because there was other parts of Venice we could go to where they weren't nearly as crowded, but they were just as good and just as nice and just as scenic. So you do the opposite. And I mean, that's the same way we even with your emotions oftentimes. So let's talk about anxiety because a lot of people have anxiety when it comes to travel. And I had you write down some of these fears. I can almost guarantee that some of them were anxiety. And so, okay. Yes. So (laughs) what is, when you're, when you're in a state where you're starting to feel anxious and you're traveling or even, you know, you're at school, whatever it might be, what are some tips and things people can do in that moment? You mentioned being 
present in the moment. What are some things that work for you that you can do that could help our audience? For me, I feel like when I'm really anxious, like whether this is if I'm traveling or if I'm at school or if I am just like in not in a good mood and I'm just anxious, I a lot of times like to take a step back from where I am and like disconnect from like the situation. It's like I will go to the side and I'll take deep breaths. I'll, you know, depending on where I am, because sometimes you're in like very crowded situations where it's like you can't really leave and go and journal. So you just kind of take deep breaths, you connect with yourself and you just get to a stable point of being to where you're able to calmly continue with whatever it is you're doing. Because sometimes you are in those situations where you're with a bunch of friends and things get really stressful and you have to go away. So I feel like if like when you're traveling and you're on a plane and you're like freaking out because like planes are scary and it's valid i think definitely not not hyper focusing on the fact that you're in a plane (laughs) oh my gosh this is a plane i'm in like what if what if what if don't sit in the anxiety distract yourself i'd say for me yeah i will read or i'll listen to music or there's a bunch of movies you can watch if you're international flying so like you can watch a movie you can like yeah there's a bunch of stuff just just like distracting it's like taking action is one of the most is not the most important thing to deal with anxiety, do something yeah. different, get yourself moving, you know, get on a treadmill. I like to think if I start to learn something, it takes away the ability of my brain to worry. And it puts me in a place where I have to start focusing. So reading a book where I have to learn something or looking at something that has a reading, something that has content that I'm interested in and forcing myself to read it sometimes multiple times. I know I can't do it in the moment all the time, but Erica, what, you know, being present, I think that's confusing to some people. But I think you're you're hinting on mindfulness. Yeah, that's exactly it. And yes. so, what do you do when yes. you're anxious in a moment, like on a plane? You're you're super anxious because of the turbulence. Yes. What would get you out of that? I, Nothing. I'm, yeah, <laughs> I'm not the best at flyer when it comes to turbulence. So I've you know alcohol. I, no, I actually know, right? I mean, no. I would say that the mindfulness is exactly what I mean by being present. It's just being mindfully aware of this exact moment and trying not, Emerson mentioned it as well, trying not to get caught up in the what if, what if, what if, what if, which is a lot easier said than done, obviously. But I do find that breathing techniques help. In yoga, it's called pranayama. It's more, it's just- So a, what do you do as a breathing you, technique like, in the moment? You are very, it's almost, a, it's a meditative breath. I. It's, you know, it's like it, in, in being conscious of the inhale, conscious of the exhale. I oftentimes will try to say to myself, okay, count to 10 as you, each time you inhale and ex count one and exhale count two. And the moment that you start focusing on something other than the counting, you have to go back to one again. And you'll find that it takes a long time to ever get to 10. But it's, it's to, to your point about having something to do, it is something to do with your breath. And it, it focuses the attention off of the anxiety, what's making you anxious. And instead, you have this inhale, one, think to yourself one, exhale out the mouth, think to yourself two. And it's, that I find that it takes me a really long time to ever get to 10. I have to go back to one a lot, but that's part of the practice. And that's why it is a practice. And you feel like a failure sometimes when you do that kind of thing. At least yeah, I do. When I mean, I, on it and I start, start again. And I usually get it. distracted. It's, you know, it's just yeah. like any yeah, kind of meditation. Right. You get distracted. You have to begin again. You have to begin again, begin again. But there's um, something like that. And then there's also, there's this method called like the four, four, five or four, yes, four, four. Yes, yes. It's box breathing. You, yeah. You like inhale four count to four and then hold for four, five, hold for five, and then exhale for four. That helps. Right. 
Yes. You sound like you're going to be a legacy coach or a exactly. therapist Exactly, she does. She does, I know. absolutely. So, so if yes. you found this podcast helpful so far, hit the link to Shatterproof Yourself. Seven simple steps. They're simple, but not easy. Okay. <laughs> Seven steps to building mental health and toughness. And in this course, it's a 40-minute course video, and it's a workbook. And I talk about dealing with your past, knowing your worth, changing your perspective, owning your emotions, taking care of yourself, building your posse, which means your friendship group, and then creating your vision. So another question I have, though, are there certain locations, because you hear about people going on pilgrimages or hikes or certain locations that can help you grow spiritually? And I have a question for you and for Erica and Emerson. I mean, how can you grow spiritually while you travel? I, for me personally, anywhere that is in nature helps me to grow spiritually. And that's also the truth when I'm even back home in Hudson or I'm anywhere. If spending time in nature helps to ground me, it helps me to reset. It helps me to find my center. I find it to be very, very, a very useful tool. It's not always accessible in every situation, but that also can be breathing in the taking in visually the sunset or the sunrise that is nature and that is available to anyone you know pretty much anywhere provided that there is this you know you're not in the clouds or it's not you know you can grow spiritually anywhere you can grow yes exactly i mean i find that like bhutan is very there are certain destinations that do help to enhance the spiritual experience such as india bhutan pilgrimages such as you're thinking of santiago in, uh, in in Spain. Well, it's also in Northern France. It's also in France and in Northern Spain and France and in Portugal. That Camino de Santiago, that is a pilgrimage, just shorter pilgrimages that people can take as well. And what that really is, is that you have a destination, a physical destination, a geographic destination, but you also have a spiritual goal. Like you are, you are mindfully moving. You're, it's mindful, yeah. mindful moving meditation. So there is this sense of, and there's a shedding of self too in a lot of those processes because it challenges you on really, really extreme levels. Extreme hikes challenge you. You know, I've seen many people go through that when they're climbing in altitude, for example, like in Atacama, Chile, or in other areas that have extreme altitude. There's a, there's a goal in mind, but there's something, it requires not just physical strength. It requires emotional strength. Emotional yeah, strength. Yeah. And so what do you mean by the, what, what are the challenges emotionally? Well, it, there is physical challenges too. Yeah. But emotionally, it could be that it's breaking you down because the physical yeah. challenges are breaking you down to a much more raw level of yourself. Yeah. And you're facing your fears a lot of times. You know, Maybe you're fearful of the cold. You're fearful of this is far more challenging than you thought it ever would be. It's uncomfortable. Yep. You know, there's people who hike Kilimanjaro, go through anyone who goes through those. Th- those are pilgrimages to the tops of those types of mountains. So and they're not for the faint of heart at all. So. So in emotionally, I think my I will talk myself out of it like this morning. I mean, I wanted to get up and run and I did. But I kept making excuses. Oh, I can, you know, I need to have a longer journaling time. I need to read this devotional longer. And then I eventually got on the treadmill and I did what I wanted to do. But my mind goes, don't do it. You don't want to do that, you know, but doing the opposite of that. So Emerson, how can somebody grow spiritually on while they travel? Any, any ideas? Because you have a bunch of friends going on a mission trip right now to an Mm -hmm. Indian reservation. Yeah. That's interesting. And they always come back, it seems, that group comes back from church really inspired because they help kids, but they also get to see a part of themselves. They get to experience a different culture because on India, it's very it's one of the poorest parts of the United States. Yeah. I think I think when you are feeding into other people that are less fortunate than you are and like 
pouring yourself out into people that are in need of it, you feel so much more refreshed as a person. But that's pretty basic. Everyone knows that. But like, I think that there's more to it. There's more about seeing, like widening your experiences of the different types of life that people have to live and how different life is for so many different people. And I think that can make you extremely mindful about how you are and who you are as a person in your life. And I think that makes you reflect a lot. And a lot of times when we reflect, we change because we're reflecting, we're seeing what we want to change. So then we're like, oh, we want to change that. So then, so I think it does kind of, especially when like a bunch of my friends, like you said, are going on that mission trip. I think they are going to see so many different types of people and people that are on different types of life and like journeys and different struggles. So I think that it kind of like, puts like it bears you like to the real world and once you see the real world you realize what it is that like you want to change i mean that that is so powerful Mm -hmm. and when you're in an interaction with somebody and you struggle with anxiety and you say my goal in this situation is just to learn about them it's not about me it's about them how can i engage them and that anxiety melts away because you start getting curious and they say something and then you're actually engaging in a conversation. You're getting to know somebody and your next question is not you thinking about what you want to say to prove yourself. It's actually more curiosity based on what they just shared. It's like, think of yourself less and that gets you out of your own head and out of your own emotions because you're doing the opposite. And then you're into the actual situation and you're present. That's mindfulness. That's one way of thinking about mindfulness. So for both of you, one last question. So what is something in your travels over the last year that has been stressful and how'd you overcome it? Um, One thing that's been stressful and how'd you overcome it? I think there's been a lot of things that have been stressful. If I just think about 2023 and the traveling like to Italy, it was stressful for me to navigate such a big city like Rome and like with all these tourists and all these people. And I'm like scared that, you know, I'll get pickpocketed or someone will be creepy or whatever. I think there's just like those things where you're worried and you just are like, "Ah, I don't want to go out there. I just want to stay in my hotel where it's safe. You know what I mean? But then you miss out on so much if you stay in that. And so I think getting through that, once you get through the stressful and scary part, it's honestly not bad. I feel like the best way to describe it is like wading into a pool. If you slowly wade into the cold, it's going to feel terrible versus if you just jump in and get it over with. So just jumping in. Yeah. Erica, for you. Stressful well, traveling. How'd me, you get over it? For me, anytime I take have to take a plane, it's stressful. <laughs> but I get over it because I know that I love the joy of discovery. I love going to these other countries. I love discovering myself in these other places as well. So for me, the the biggest fear would be to not go and not to have a chance to experience the world. So, so you for, focus on the vision and getting I, there. I, exactly. And then I how many on... flights you end up canceling because of weather a year? Um, I end up postponing because of weather. <laughs> this year, I don't think I have postponed. And, oh, only one. Yeah, only one. One <laughs> okay. I can think wow. of. Yes, oh, wow. Exactly. Not bad. Okay. Yeah, so, exactly. so now I want you to think about what is something that you heard Emerson or Erica Gregg share today? Kind of cool. We all have the same last name <laughs> that resonated with you that you want to remember from today. And I'd <laughs> encourage you to write that down in your journal, right under that place you want to visit and the fears that you want to overcome. And then I would encourage you to teach that to somebody or talk about it just casually with somebody. This is something I learned or, wow, I didn't know that about traveling or I got a new perspective on travel. Maybe even plan that trip. I don't know. Because, I mean, it's, you know, you only live once kind of thing. So, hey, so take an emotional risk based on something that you learned today. So you can 
Remember my rule, 30% of transformational change is insight. You're gaining insight today, but that's only a small piece of it. 70% or more is action. Like Emerson said, just jump into the pool. Just do something. Have me out to speak to your team live or over Zoom. Again, subscribe to Shatterproof Yourself. Don't miss that. You'll only get it through this link. And I'm going to sign off today the way that I always do, thanking Erica and Emerson. And Oh, by the way, how can somebody contact you, Erica, if they uh, wanted to? We have two websites. Yeah, one is www.escape2shape.com, spelled out. And the other one is www.escapeartiststravel.com. Artist plural. Yes, artist plural. And what's what's your email? I'm erica at escapeartiststravel.com or erica at escape2shape.com. Okay, and if someone wants to reach out to you, Emerson, how could they reach out to you from listening to this podcast? Just talk to my dad. Yeah, there you go. That's a <laughs> Reach out to their dad, Adam at DecideYourLegacy.com. There you go. All right. So I want to sign off again the way I always do. And oh, one last thing besides this, if you really like this podcast, take a picture of it, share it on your Instagram stories at Adam Gragg. Love it to spread that way. And we did get past just last week, 10,000 downloads. So it took three years to get there, 10,000 downloads. I want to thank Erica and Emerson again. Sign off the way I always do. Make it your mission to live the life now that you want to be remembered for 10 years after you're gone. You decide your legacy, no one else. I appreciate you greatly, and I will see you next time. Not from Italy, from the United States. (laughs) Thank you. This show is part of the ICT Podcast Network. For more information, visit ictpod.net.